Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media.
Covering a song can be a risky proposition for any musician for a number of reasons. Now, for an up-and-coming artist, it can be a nice tool to get yourself noticed. Recording a song that's familiar to people will get their attention. The wise artists will strike a balance in their arrangements to be faithful enough to the song that it shows respect for that song and the original artist, but it puts enough of their style in there to showcase their own talents. But that can be a very hard balance to strike, and the really tricky part is you just never know where that line is. And of course, all of this is subjective, and how it all comes together is only evaluated in the ear of the beholder. Now, in my opinion, unless an established artist is asked to contribute to a tribute album, or unless there's someone that that artist really wants to honor, there's almost never a good reason to record a cover. Really. I mean, the only time an established musician should record a cover is when they absolutely feel like they have such a different take on it that they can turn the song into something completely different from the original. Many will disagree with me on this, most likely starting with the guy in the other microphone in the studio. Now, covers during a performance are a completely different thing. It's an opportunity to offer an audience a little something different, raise the energy level in the crowd, and, and have a good time. But there's a danger there as well. I used to play in a cover band, and the practice of finding a song, tearing it down, and rebuilding it for your own band can actually ruin the song for you. A song you absolutely love, if you spend too much time with it, figuring out the chords and really trying to figure out how it all comes together, that song can lose its mysticism. That's part of the reason I don't play in that band anymore. But every now and then, recording a cover can create a unique type of magic. That right arrangement at the right time in the right hands can breathe new life into a song that has become tired and hasn't aged well. Sometimes an overlooked gem gets unearthed and it gives that song the chance it never really had. It doesn't happen very often at all. But every now and then, someone covers a song and bests the original. Again, all of this is subjective. It's all in the ear of the beholder. Mostly. Tonight, celebrating the birthday of a guy who actually created a better version of a song written by one of the greatest songwriters of our time, we are going to offer a list of songs that we think beat the odds. Tonight, we play covers of songs that are better than the originals. My name is Rich Larson. His name is Daniel G. Moyer. This is the Weekly List.
Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to AM 1080, FM 95.1, KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of The Weekly List. Danny. Yes, sir. You play the guitar. Yes, sir, I do. You are a musician. Um, some people would disagree with that. <laughs> Me what, first. <laughs> you have played in bands. Yeah. What yeah. is your What is your uh, philosophy about covers? I love playing covers. Yeah. I really do. And I mean, I was in this band. Um, we always thought we were kind of tried to do um, rock and roll. We were kinda, we played stuff so fast it was really yeah. yeah, yeah. kind of punk. But I love playing it. I loved. It was always fun to play in bars. And we used to open with "Rock and Roll" by Led Zeppelin, which is the perfect <laughs> song to open with. <laughs> I would never in my life attempt to play rock and roll oh, God, in, in any band a blast. at all. And yeah. some of them, you know, I, I remember we used to do, um, it was summer 87, we did Don't Dream It's Over, but we did, my my brother who was a drummer hated that song, Yeah, and he would speed up the tempo, so, so <laughs> don't dream, it would, uh, literally, it's, it's normally that nice, yeah, bum, 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 we played bum. it at this speed. Wow. Don't dream hey. it's over. <laughs> hey now, oh wow. Hey now, hey now. Yeah. And wow. I loved it. We used to call it playing faster than gravity because we used to jump up and down in pogo. Oh, that's cute. And we would the beat would be faster. We couldn't keep we couldn't jump fast enough. You were a bunch of kids. That's yeah, that's really fun. cute. Yeah. So yeah, covers in bands are great. Yeah. I love them. I I played in the cover band. Yeah. And like I even tried to f- slip a few originals in there every now and then it just really didn't work. Yeah. Um I I I loved being in a band. I yeah. loved it. I, I I anytime I've been in a band, it's been like the time of my life. But I I, I don't know. I just I uh, I feel like I, I well I, like I just said. I mean, I get too. I get too. If I get too, like if I get right in the middle of a mm-hmm. song and I have to sort of push my way out again, it it I I do like this term mysticism. That for me yes. for me there's there's something. There's just something mystical about music. Oh, no you know? doubt. And and I don't want I and I like that. And I don't want that to lose the shot. Anyway. Anyway. So covers. I, I gotta say, Rich, before we start, I have been looking forward to doing this show for so long because <laughs> covers are um magical. When they're when they're done right. Yeah. When they're when they're right and they can give a viewpoint of a song that the listener um, may not know, right. and some of the songs that we've got here changed with. Oh they, yeah, I, I mean dramatically. Oh and, yeah. Um, there's some of these people may never have heard and go what? Right. <laughs> and I right. that's my hope. Right. I hope. Hopefully, it doesn't cause somebody to completely disavow something. Um, but hopefully, it just gives a new dimension. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you were talking well, about. Well, I, and and that's to me. I mean, that's rare when that happens. It is. It's I mean, incredibly for, rare. For, for the for the twelve songs we're going to play tonight, there are twelve million songs that went awry. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know, um, I I generally am very skeptical of anyone who tells me they're going to cover just about anything. Now, I mean, yeah. there, there's there's you know, like there are certain songwriters who like just beg to be covered. Yes. Right. Like, you know, Dylan comes to mind. Dylan. Right? Yes. But because and that's just because and I, I this makes me crazy, but it's because so many people can't get past his voice. Right. Yeah. You know, and and we're, we've got a Dylan cover on this on the show, which yeah. also happens to be, in my opinion, the greatest cover ever, ever recorded. You know, it's it's going to be sick because <laughs> I agree. Well, I, and, and, and I've known that we agree. Yeah. This. It, it, well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, um 
like so many people have tried to record Dylan songs, and for me, it just Tom Waits is another one. Mm, like, yeah. like you know, Tom and Tom Waits begs to be covered because he's such an amazing songwriter, but he's got a voice that people have a hard time well, getting past. It, yeah, I mean, Rod Stewart has done some really good. Yeah, Tom Waits you know covers. what? Give me Tom Waits' Downtown Train over oh, Rod Stewart's any day of the well, week. Well, I can see that. I, I mean, for me, Heart of Saturday Night. Nobody sings that except for Tom Waits. No. Nobody. No. I get, mean, hands get, down. You know, well, and then, of course, there's Hootie and the Blowfish is Hope I Don't Fall in Love With You. I don't even want yeah, to go no, there. I'm kidding. No, you're I'm not kidding. I'm just, go, I'm just pushing oh a button. God, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, it, actually, it's funny that you bring Hootie and the Blowfish up. Really? Because the first song we played tonight was Bertha. Was Bertha by the Grateful Dead. And this well, was a version. Well, that was Los Lobos. Well, this was, but that's who the original is, is yeah. Grateful Dead. Yeah. This was a version by Los Lobos. Yeah. And I adore Los Lobos. But that's good. Yeah, I I, I saw them once. I, I have I, that's even better. Yeah, I have to I have to stop right. Okay. Anytime Los Lobos comes up in conversation, I have to say this. Okay. If you have never seen Los Lobos, drop everything you're doing right now. Go to your computer. Go find Los Lobos' touring itinerary. Uh. Figure out where they're going to be that is closest to you next. Buy tickets and go to that show. Los Lobos might be the best live band I've ever seen. They are incredible. They're unbelievable. I saw them at a secret gig. Oh, that's outstanding. At that's outstanding. Because there was a company that was one of my vendors that were doing. They used to do these. Right, you've told me about they, that. They used yeah. to do these, um, yeah. these concerts that you collect so many points with their right. products. And I was tipped off about it and invited. And it was there was a. So I remember going there, and I knew what the band was, and yeah. I was super psyched. And That's I'm, awesome. And, oh, go, oh, Garris too. Yeah, man, they were awesome. Amazing, oh, and God, so I I got to reemphasize what Rich just said. Yeah, look up their touring itinerary. We got to go and see them next time they're in Minneapolis. You and I need to go. Yeah, well, I, 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 the thing is, I've got like these three people that I always go see Los Lobos. Okay, with. Well, it's it's a thing. Well, then I'll just be over in the corner like having a beer. Or something. I got to see Los Lobos. I I probably have told you this. I got to see uh, probably listeners. I probably have told you this. I I I I got to see Los Lobos at um a community arts center in Mesa, Arizona, mm. which. When I talk talk about a community arts center, it's like the Ames uh, Center in Burnsville, a big, big okay. place, like where yeah. we saw Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Um, and and but it was a thing where, well, first of all, my wife and I were the only white people in the crowd, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, everyone was brown, and it was amazing. And they 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 do this every now and then. They work with they find a local, um folk dancing troupe a mexican folk dancing troupe they came out they played an acoustic set first set right and they were just off to the side and they played their songs oh, all wow, their spanish that's so songs cool. you know that's so cool and this and this folk this folk dancing troupe was astonishing they were so oh, that's great amazing and uh you know, and things like you know, la 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 pistola, uh, yeah. el corazon, stuff like oh, just just amazing stuff, and uh, uh, and then in the second set, they just you know they were they just Lobos. rocked yeah, out yeah, and they did their thing. Fantastic. Well, here's the, I mean, I love Los Lobos. This opening song is a bit of a challenge for me. I'll be very honest with this. Because, Why is that? Okay, I'm going to say something very sacrilegious. I know that for a lot of people, and you always go and say that I love everything, and that's not a true statement, and I kind of bristle at that. And the reason that I kind of bristle at that is I really don't like the Grateful Dead. 
I really honestly don't. I keep trying. It's kind of like tomatoes. I like tomatoes in all of the various forms except for actual tomatoes. I've tried it. Every six months, I'll try a tomato and go, nope, I haven't got a taste for it yet. So ketchup, yes. Salsa, yes. Tomatoes, no. Grateful Dead, love jamming. Um, I... The Grateful Dead, the thing about it for me is I just don't think their material is very good. I don't think that they've got great songs. And so I love Los Lobos, but the song Bertha kind of leaves me cold. This is why I like Dave Matthews Band, because the Dave Matthews Band are jammers, but they actually have really good songs. And now Rich is giving me the dead fish eye. Well, I'm... I'm, I'm, I know that you're processing. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Okay, so I'm... Grateful Dead, not my thing. But however, like I said over dinner, I really love the live version of Terrapin Station that can be found on so many roads, that box set. And I've got like a whole bunch of uh, live dead stuff. I do. I honestly keep trying. I just, and I got American Beauty, but I'm not, those are things that you have to have. And okay, I'm going to stop and begin the... You're, ta- you're talking really fast. Are, are you nervous? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> How long have I known you? Yeah. Like, I love the dead. I do. I, lo- I love the Grateful Dead. I can understand why there are people who don't like the dead. They were, they were, they, they were sloppy. They could do some really cool stuff. There's this, there's the whole drug thing. I've, I I will honestly tell you I've never dropped acid and acid and listened to the dead mm. because I don't need to. <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's fine. Um, I, I you don't like the dead? That's fine. That's a really good song. And and in the hands of a band like Los Lobos, that that was from the um uh the 1991 dedicated tribute album, sure. which. Like opened my eyes to a lot of dead songs that I had not actually liked very well, mm-hmm. um, but that that's one that's one like just to to me it's just a it's it's just a great rock and roll song. Well, I have tremendous respect for all of them. I mean, Jerry Garcia, incredible tone. I mean, yeah, he did his totally. his style is so fluid. Yep. Um, I just have a you know it's just it just it's not your thing. It's not my thing, and I suppose. And here's this you is what, have you have very little hippie in you. I'm yeah. I, I mean, got I look a like it, lot of I'm, hippie in me. Yeah, I'm I'm really not. The only thing I can say, and I'm I'm gonna watch Rich get his get a rise out of him right now. It's like, well, you know, maybe if I was at the Saint Como Zoo and I had some mushrooms <laughs> and I looked at a polar bear, maybe I would be a big dead fan. <laughs> it, it 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 couldn't hurt you. It really wouldn't hurt you. All right, so that was okay. that was Bertha. Well, you guys just missed uh, a whole bunch of really good radio because I accidentally, evidently pushed the uh, the pause button on the uh, the record. So I, I'm still I, thinking, I, you know, this is still residue fallout from the the War on Drugs show. Obviously, yes, you didn't clean the studio very well. There's a lot of I guess. Anyway, our next song. Um, is is inspired? This song is the uh, the inspiration for the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Today, it, his real name is like Manfred Lubavitz or, or, or <laughs> Lubavitz. Anyway, uh, Manfred Mann is eighty one years old today. So happy birthday, yeah. Manfred! Manfred Mann, the man who brought you Dua Diddy, and the man who brought you. He had another hit too. You know, I'll tell you when I was a kid. Oh, Mighty Quinn, the Mighty, Mighty Quinn. Oh, that's right. Which was what, another cover, right? One of my favorite 45s when I was a kid, uh, Manfred Mann had a song called My Name is Jack. Yeah. And 
it's just this unique song. You can only find it in mono. I think it was from like 1963. Sure. And the chorus was, my name is Jack and I live in the back of the Greta Garbo home for wayward boys and girls. I like that. I for like as that. A, a chorus. Yeah. I mean, it was All so right. much fun. Anyhow. Yeah. Anyway. Manford Man, and you you were afraid that we were going to have uh, a raging fight. I, I thought we were going to have a throwdown over this because I didn't think I didn't think you liked this song. No, I like the song. It we're talking about the song uh, Blinded, "Blinded by, by the, the Light." Light. Right. It was originally written by Bruce Springsteen, right. and it it appeared on his debut album yep. "Greetings from Asbury Park." And Springsteen's way of writing, he jams those first two records, especially he jammed a lot of words yeah, in the very really tiny did. spaces. He really did. Um, Manfred Mann had a big hit with this song. Well, it's it's the this is the only Bruce Springsteen number one song. I know, isn't the that only amazing? time a Springsteen song has gone to number one is this. Yeah, and I light. know that you were going to think that I was going to. What are you talking about? It's so much better by Springsteen. Um. And I've got nothing but respect for Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen really helped me get through some very, very dark well, places, and, places in my life. And you know my Ru- Mount Rushmore. Yes. Springsteen, Springsteen's yes. on Mount Rushmore. For um, but this version is really good. And I think what I liked about this is that Manfred Mann um, put together a version that it it's true to Springsteen, but without having that. Man, Manfred Mann was certainly a lot more experienced than Springsteen right. was by this point in when this came out. Oh, yeah. Cut. Oh, yeah. I, and I, it shows. I liken this song to a deconstructed salad. I think that's... Like that you, is, you, you got this thing a, over yeah. here. You got that thing over there. It's all on the same plate. And then, so you go over <laughs> here and you have a little bit of this and then you try a little bit of that. Maybe you combine a little bit of this and that. You know, a little tomato, a little, little mozzarella, whatever. You know, and, and it's and, and that's kind of what this song is for me. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's yeah. really that's 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 a good way to put it. Also, I just like the word calliope. <laughs> now you were saying on the 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 version that we lost to yeah, the air, the, the lost version. So tell me something about who, how about the recording of this? You found out some stuff because there's some oh, there's some controversy right, with this. Right, right, right. Well, well, with uh, this. We, so we tell to, me. We about have it. to discuss the word douche. Right, right, which because... is not. In the lyric, it, the, 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 it is not wrapped up like a douche. It's revved up like a deuce, which is a 1932 Ford coupe. Right. Uh, the original lyric in, in the Springsteen version is revved up like a deuce. Right. Or no, cut loose like a deuce. Cut loose like a deuce. And Manfred is, or it's not even Manfred. It's Chris Taylor is the is okay. the guy who's singing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he says revved up like a deuce, but. Chris Slade, who is the drummer on 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 this on this? So Chris Slade, S- seriously, Chris Slade, who played in Uriah Heep and <laughs> ACDC. I saw him live play with with the Firm. He he played with everybody. I don't know if Chris Slade is still with us. Yeah. Or anyway, but Chris Slade was talking about the recording of this song and how the reason it sounds like douche is because the the uh, the tape machine had a, like a weird angle on the okay. tape or something. And it just it just it just sounds like and that. They, they, they could they couldn't mix it out. They couldn't they couldn't fix it. So that there it is, you know. And to me, that's that's like a, it's a happy accident because right. to me that sort of adds to the the legend of this song. A yeah, bit. And, it, and that's rock and roll, baby. Didn't this get banned at some points? Because this was like seventy six, wasn't it? So, Nineteen seventy six. I don't know if it got banned or well, not. I heard it when I was a kid, so yeah. I, I heard it in the seventies. So I mean, you know, it wasn't banned in Minneapolis, but yeah. you know, I don't know. And this was Springsteen's only number one. This hit. is Springsteen's or only... his only co- composition because Dancing I mean, in the Dark only hit number two. Yep, blocked by When Doves Cry, as it should have been. Well, I. 
I like Dancing in the Dark. I may not like the Grateful Dead, but I like Dancing in the Dark. Do not tread. I like Mount Rushmore, Spring. Season, I know, but do not tread on Prince and Wind Doves Cry. Oh well, no, no, I'm not going to. But it would have been nice if he just gave up number one nope. for one week. Nope, nope, <laughs> can't have it. Can't have it. From 1976, this is Manfred Mann's Earth Band with "Blinded by the Light" on 95.1 KYMN, the douche.
from 1984 off of her She's So Unusual album. That was Cindy Lauper with When You Were Mine, a song that was written by the Minneapolis genius yep. himself, Prince. Uh, I, I have an opinion. I know this is going to shock you. Yeah. <laughs> I have an opinion on that song. Um, I don't really care for uh, Cindy Lauper's version of okay. When You Were Mine. Nor do I really care for Prince's version of what you were about. <laughs> I think it's a really good song mm-hmm. that has never been recorded well. Okay, I, and you know, I the original from Prince was on Dirty Mind. Yep, and we played that during the Prince show. It was we one did. of my yep. uh, my this version by Cyndi Lauper. The reason that I think that it's superior to it is there's a lot of similar elements. Um, I remember I first I, I I know this song of course from Dirty Mind. I that was where I first heard it. But I remember Cyndi Lauper appeared on the American Music Awards. She had, at the time, you she just, had not... You, you lose me at American Music Awards. Okay. Well, she had a big hit with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yep. Time After Time had not been released yet. That right. was her second single. Right. But so she's coming out, and I was expecting her to play Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which you is were, a great... You were expecting her to lip sync to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, because in 1984, that's what they were all doing yes. on the American Music Awards. Anyhow, what she wound up can, doing... Can you hear the disgust? In yes, the I, I hear yeah. the disgust. All right, all right. What she did is she came out and she was performing. And the thing that I thought was really intriguing, it was this song. And I went, oh, cool. I had no idea she had covered it. I had not heard the album yet. And she had a paintbrush and she was painting on the, on the floor. And I was thinking, wow. you know. And they had no... I had no idea what she was painting, but she was painting something. And she was singing or, you know, lip syncing along. Yep. And at the very end of the performance, the camera went up over her. And this is a song about losing somebody, yep. you know, when you were mine. Yep. And she literally, when she was finished, she collapsed because in the, in the version, she actually does cry when she, when she recorded that. And she was crying in the studio when she was singing it. And so she really it, cries in the video for time after time too. Right. She's a crier. Anyway. She's a crier. Anyhow, when she was finished, she literally on that live performance broke down and she's standing there, you know, on the lying on the stage with her paintbrush and the camera goes up to reveal that what she's written, what she's painted on the floor was I love you. Oh, that's sweet. And for me as I was, you know, I was like a 16 yep. year old kid. I'm like I got to go and buy this album like now. <laughs> and I've because of that video, that visual image yeah. and Cindy Lauper has an extraordinary voice. She's a lot more than just pop froth. Um, I was like, oh, got to have that. And yeah. time after time is, you know, to mention this, I love that song. I do and too. there's I do that. Too. There's so many great covers. I actually have a thing of where I've collected covers of time after time. And I've got like 14 different. <laughs> I can't ver- believe you didn't put one on the show. Well, no, the reason the reason is there's a great version by Paul Anka, which is like a big bang. That would have made my thing. head explode. Um, yeah, it would have. And there's a kind of a hip hop version by INOJ. Okay. That's really good. The reason was, is we had the decision that the cover must be better than the yes, original. The cover must that be was better one of the things. The, yeah. And I was, my original thought was I was going to play one of those versions. Yeah. But I went, you know what? Cindy Lauper's version of Time After Time is so good mm-hmm. that I'm not going to admit publicly that hers is not the best because it is the best. But. All of these different, that really, time after time, all of the variety of covers really illustrate the point that you're making is that you're trying to, you're doing something completely different, whether it's a Paul Anka or whether it's an instrumental fusion version or a, I've got an EDM version, an instrumental of time after time, but they all showed different things. And 
I have to mention that because it's Cindy Lauper doing a cover, and I couldn't have a Cindy Lauper cover on here for obvious reasons. <laughs> okay. So there it is. All that's right. that's enough right. of my thing. Sometimes you do a cover, and it's low hanging fruit because mm-hmm. the song is not very good, and you know <laughs> you can do it better. Such is the tale of Black Betty. Yeah, I don't like the song. I, it's I, I, it's a fine song. Yeah. Ram Jam doesn't the, the Ram Jam version. The original just doesn't do a whole lot for me. However, it's the perfect song for this band, uh, Larkin Poe. Okay, whom we saw. I don't. Yeah. I, we saw them open for Bob Seger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, and they were. Oh, ama- I totally and forgot they, about and they actually they played this song when we saw them. Yeah, see, I must have. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're 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 fantastic. They're two sisters, and I apologize because I can't remember their names. But um, they're they're descendants of Edgar Allan Poe. These two really? sisters are, but uh, they uh, they call themselves Larkin Poe because that was the name of their great 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 grandfather, okay. whom they never met. You know, I remember that. That was like one of the last shows before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, yeah, that was. was. You know, I had a whole new appreciation for Bob Seger because of that show. I'm I'm really glad, but we're not talking about Bob Seger. I know, about Bar- but Larkin Poe was. Yeah. They Stay were with me here. Great. Yeah, Larkin Poe's fantastic, and it's it's these two sisters who like look like they should be like playing like dance pop, and and they <laughs> play gut bucket rock and roll blues, and yeah. it's, and 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 it's uh, uh, one sister plays a guitar and sings, and the other one plays a, a lap a, a lap steel slide thing, and she they're just they're wonderful, and uh, that's all I got. Here's uh, Larkin Poe. Black Betty at 95.1 KYM. Whoa, Black Betty, Bambalam, whoa, Black Betty, Bambalam, Black Betty had a child, Bambalam, the damn thing gone wild, Bambalam, a boogie out of my mind, Bambalam, the damn thing gone blind, Bambalam, whoa, Black Betty, whoa, Black Betty, jump steady, Black Betty, jump steady, Black Betty now. I'm steady, black, Betty, now. Whoa, black, Betty, bambalam, whoa, black, Betty, bambalam, she really gets me high. Bambalam, you know that's no lie. Bambalam, she's so rock steady. Bambalam, she's always ready. Bambalam, whoa, black, Betty, whoa, black, Betty, I'm steady, black, Betty, I'm steady, black, Betty, now. I'm steady, black, better now. I'm
She's a good girl Loves her mama Loves Jesus And America too She's a good girl Crazy about else Loves horses And her boyfriend too Yeah, yeah It's a long day living in Reseda. There's a freeway running through the yard. I'm a bad boy, cause I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart, and I'm free. Free falling, falling. All the vampires walking through the valley, they move west down Venture Boulevard. And all the bad boys standing in the shadows, and the girl girls are home with broken hearts, and I'm free. Free falling, falling. Now I'm free, free falling, falling, free falling now, 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 free falling. I wanna free fall out into nothing. Oh, I'm gonna leave this this world for a while. Now I'm free, free falling, falling. Now I'm free, free falling. See in a few minutes. That was John Mayer with his cover of Tom Petty's Free Fallen, and that can be found on Mayer's live album called Where the Light Is. And 
I think really of all of these covers, that one is probably my favorite moment of this show. Really? That, that version. I just I love mean, it's, that. It's, it's nice, but yeah. I don't think it's, I don't know. I mean, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Nice is like the worst description word. It's good. I mean, because it's 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 non-committal. It's a very Minnesotan. It's it's it's, it's good. I'm it's not I, I'm not over the moon over yeah. it. But and and I you know I I like the the original Free mm-hmm. Fallen. There's there's stuff um, in this that I I miss. Yeah. Like I like I like the background background vocals in Free Fallen. The you know the, the Jeff Lynn stuff that's happening. Sure. In the sure. Um. But Mayer, you know, can we talk? Can we have a very quick discussion about John Mayer sure. for a moment? I don't hate John Mayer. Okay. My name is Rich, and I don't hate John Mayer. That's okay. A, that's my confession for the night. Okay. Most people hate John Mayer. I know. And I think there's a thing that you're like you're supposed to hate John Mayer. There's. I don't hate John Mayer. John Mayer made a very terrible, terrible. Like I had a year where he was making oh, terrible mistakes man. left and right. Unbelievable. Um. I've learned over I don't know however many years, I guess to a certain extent, not completely, to a certain extent I'm willing to separate art from the artist. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I don't ever want to hang out with John Mayer because he seems Probably like kind not. of a kind of a jerk. Yeah. But the man plays great guitar. Oh. He sings very well. He he doesn't always write great songs, but when he puts his mind to it, he can write a really good mm-hmm. song. Um, there's, there's actually, <laughs> I'm going to completely counter, contradict myself here. <laughs> there was a song that I really had wanted to put on this show, uh, that came off of Eric Clapton's tribute album to JJ Kale. Okay. Uh, he and John Mayer do the song called Magnolia, which, and it's gorgeous. It yeah. is gorgeous. I'm, not, you know, we played Clapton last week and I'm not happy with Clapton these days. So I don't right. want to play Clapton two weeks in a row. Well, yeah, and I can see there's a lot of comparisons that I could make with John Mayer and Eric Clapton. They're both jerks. Well, <laughs> they're not people maybe that I want to hang out, but they're both good guitarists. Oh, and yeah. I guess what I like about this version and why I'm so pleased to have it as part of this is I love the song Free Fallen, and I love Tom Petty's version, yeah. which came out first by a good 15 years. Well, yeah, that's why least. this is a cover. Right. Well, I know, but... Thank you. But I'll be here all night. <laughs> God. But but the thing about John Mayer's version is he's stripped all of these elements, and he's made a little bit of changes to some of the melody, but at no point does he eradicate or um, destroy Tom Petty. Oh. It, it becomes his own thing. It's like now he owns this. And then at the same time, this this is a version where there's three players. There's John Mayer who's singing and, and playing, You've got um, his bass player. I can't remember who the name of it is, but that's uh, Robbie McIntosh, who's kind of playing a little bit of the slide. That's, that's Robbie McIntosh. That's Robbie McIntosh. No kid, Robbie yeah. McIntosh of the Pretenders yes. and, and later from Paul McCartney's band. Yep, that's Robbie. Mac- that's no Robbie kidding. McIntosh. And so these are he's he's got some serious players. Yeah, um, and there's also the John Mayer trio, right? That appear on this live album, and that's got Pino Palladino, yeah. on on bass. And uh, so anyhow. This just this version revealed a whole lot more melancholy yes. that came out. Yes. I don't think that Petty's um, vocal delivery and Jeff Lynne's production really revealed no, some I of the sadness that comes with the song "Free Falling." I agree with you, and and in fact, I think the sadness gets lost yes. in, in Petty's version, like to the point where I wasn't always. I'm not always sure that it's supposed to be a sad song. No, it's in incredibly Mayor's hands. It's super sad, and I think a lot of people when they when they hear the song Free Falling, 
they think about that scene in Jerry Maguire right, where, where Tom Cruise yeah, is singing, lungs, singing yeah. it at the top of his lungs. Because it's I'm the like, only song he knows, right? Yeah. Right, and yeah. I'm going, no, no, that's that's not what this song is about. Well, that, but that, is, he, and Cameron Crowe's trying to make a point. There right, he is, yes, he yeah, is. Yeah. But I think in Mayer's hand on this, it really it became something different. And for me, I related a lot more to the melancholy of that acoustic bit. So that's that's yeah. my take on okay. Free Fallen right. as done by John Mayer. All right. This next song, you know what's really funny about this? This okay. So so t- today is October twenty first. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week from Saturday, I have a, a, a show with my my holiday partner Corey Butler coming up. Halloween on the Cannon. Oh, nice! And we play the original version of this song. Okay, by Nine uh, Inch Nails. By Nine Inch Nails, right? Exactly. We are now going to give you Johnny Cash. Yes, and Hurt. Yeah, and I love Nine Inch Nails. There are three four writers that are instrumental in understanding the 90s in my mind one of them is chris cornell um from soundgarden another one is i've heard of chris cornell yes uh, the other one is kurt cobain i've heard of him too from nirvana yeah eddie vetter and johnny cash and trent reznor of nine inch nails what about shannon hoon um what about what what about darius rucker Definitely not. Definitely not, Rucker. No disrespect. We're not going to go there again, Rich. I'm just not. What, a, what, I'm not what, a Hootie what, and the Blowfish guy. I'm, and let's get. What about, I'm not Alanis what, Morissette. What, either. what about Mariah Carey? Okay. Um, again, you're pushing my buttons. I don't like everything. What about uh, what's her name? Gwen Stefani. I like Gwen Stefani. I know you do. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I love no doubt. She, but she's part of that. What about Scott Sapp? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Oh god, Jeez. that's the closest we'll ever come to talking about Creed on this. Show. Yeah, that's as close. We've gone too far, but yes. but anyhow, um, this is a version. Normally, I I always wonder about what does the original artist think of it when somebody does a cover. Yeah, and so Trent Reznor is one of the really, really, really important voices of the '90s, at least in my point of view, and I love Nine Inch Nails. Um, and this is, I think the original was on the downward spiral. Yes, it was. And so then I always wondered. 1994, the downward spiral. Right. Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You've heard of them. Yes. Um, um, anyhow, one of the, the things I've always wondered, I, I remember hearing Johnny Cash's version going, what? He's covering Nine Inch Nails? And this is Rick Rubin. Right. Who put this together. Right. And this is on his um, uh, Those, the fourth. The, yeah, the, the American, the, 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 the American Songs series that Rick Rubin produced for Johnny Cash. Incredible. What a way to play yourself out. Because these, yes. th- these were the last albums that Cash made. And, Holy and man. This, this album in particular, the fourth one of that American series, this was this was the last album that he came out. Yeah. Um anyhow, I remember hearing this notion of Johnny Cash is gonna do nine inch nails. How does that work? Right. And then I heard this and went, you know what? Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails no longer own this song anymore. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering, well, what does Trent have to say about this? Yeah. And he was asked about it, and he almost, he looked like he was going to be on the verge of tears. Really? And he basically said, I don't own that song anymore. That, <laughs> Johnny Cash outdid me on here. Yeah. And clearly, yeah. it's it's completely different than the Nine he Inch gets, Nails. He gets so down to the soul of this song. Man. Yeah, I mean, just... I mean, God bless Trent, Trent Reznor, and I don't disagree with you that Trent Reznor is a very important voice from the 90s. I don't know that he's He's not it. for everybody. Well, and, and I don't listen to a ton of Nine Inch Nails, but what I do listen to, I, I like very much. Um, 
but for me, Reznor is as much about production as he is about the song mm-hmm. itself. Oh right? yeah, and 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 he's you know he, and he's he's all about the the equipment that he's using and great. I mean, you know, he, he's a guy who can play a studio. Yeah, like he, and and it's amazing. He's he's one of those guys that can make an album all by himself and he make does. it sound yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you know and but and he's a good songwriter. Clearly, he's a he good songwriter. A great songwriter. But, Johnny Cash, man, boils this thing down to its just essence. And the lyrics on this song, um, and you can have it all, My Empire of Dirt. Right. I mean, the imagery that comes in those words, it's perfect. And, yes. you know, I will make you hurt. Yeah. And so this is, I love this. This is yeah. this was one of my choices. Um, so this is Johnny Cash with Hurt here on KYMN 95.1, The Ooksie. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the air, and you could have it all. My empire of dirt, I will let you down. I will make you hurt. of thorns upon my liar's chair full of broken thoughts I cannot repair beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down 
of underrepresented bands on the weekly list but mm-hmm. i hang my head in shame when i think about how little we have played husker do on oh the show. man and man. i love that band oh god i love that band i love bob mold yeah his voice i, I, I love that is my like all-time favorite tv theme song too is it really i was so happy when you put this song on oh the i love their this, version yeah. and now the original yeah. versions by sonny curtis right it's the, it's the it's the theme from the mary tyler Moore yeah show. and the name of the song is called love is all around yeah which I just I I, I love it uh, a Twin Cities band mm-hmm. playing the theme song from a sitcom set in the Twin Cities right just, and yeah. when when I was a kid in the seventies no matter where we lived my parents were from Minnesota and I lived every place except for Minnesota <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I I forget what night it was um, but I remember my family every single episode of Mary Tyler Moore we watched. Because they loved the opening sequence right. where you saw Mary Tyler Moore, she's walking all around you know, yeah, the lakes, yeah. and, and like there, there's one where she's driving down 494 when there's nothing on 494 except for weird. the Radisson South. Yes, back when it was yes. still the Radisson South. You yeah. know, and and you see the Daytons where she throws the hat yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, so for me, I I love that show because when I was a kid, it was like, look, there's and for my parents, it was nostalgia. They got yeah. to see their, their home. home. Yeah. And it, it whether we lived in Virginia or whether we lived in Ohio, that was, oh, great, you know. And, and now they've got that statue of Mary Tyler Moore. Yep. And I also really like Mary Tyler Moore quite a bit personally because she is a type 1 diabetic. Oh, well, she, not anymore, she's Well, I know, but, <laughs> but there was... Rest in peace, Ms. Moore. Right, yeah. but that was one of those things where when I first was diagnosed with diabetes... Yeah. she was she was you know yeah yeah, yeah. so it and this version by husker du right. 
Right? Oh man, little 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 cheeky, little sentimental, all at the yeah. same time, yeah, just like I mean, Husker Du. Anyway. We got to play some Husker Du sometime. We'll you know. We, we one of these days we more. should what we should do is like an eighties Twin Cities show or something. Yeah, we should right? or just a Minnesota show. Well, I've done a couple or, of Min- like a Minneapolis or Minneapolis. I've done a couple of Minnesota shows. Okay. We're due actually for a local a local. Yeah, Minnesota we should do show. that. I'm gonna we, play something from Flip Your Wig. <laughs> I well, guarantee you that. Okay. What's up next? Time now for the weekly list haiku corner. Brought to you by Imminent Brewing. A truly poetic brewery. Here is your host, Haiku Rich. Well, gl- I'm glad he asked. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so lay it on me, brother. Lay we have. We have. We have. I don't know that I've got anything really good tonight or not. We'll see. I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 Two of them are sort of like part one, part two. Okay. All right. We'll get there. So bring the noise. All right. I'm having a hard time with my microphone this night, tonight. It, this is actually kind of amusing. It's not funny at all. All right. Someone else's song? Those are treacherous. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I screwed that up. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else's song? Those are treacherous waters. You sure about this? What is going on with my voice tonight? Try it again. Someone else's Take three. Take Take six. <laughs> Someone else's song? Those are treacherous waters. You sure about this? <laughs> uh, I'll bet some people all along the watchtower don't know it's Dylan's. Ooh, mm. uh, I think that's a true statement. I though, think it's too. true. That's... Yeah. Wait, wait. And this is this is this is a true story pointing okay. at me. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me, try a little tenderness, isn't by Otis? Oh man. Yeah. Well, we'll get I've there. heard a version with Bing Crosby. So yeah. I just heard about a version with Bing Crosby. Anyway, we'll we'll get there. Blinded by the light, Bruce's only number one. That is just so wrong. Although, you know, windows cry. Well, yeah. Yeah, Anyway. All right, so this is part one and then part two. Okay. Tom Waits and Dylan, just write these ready-made songs. Cover me, they beg. And many have tried. They will take up that gauntlet. But so few succeed. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Was that a dig on Downtown Train? That was a dig on anyone who thinks they can do Dylan or Waits better than Dylan or Waits. Well, yeah. You know, and unless you're Hendrix. Unless you're Jimi Hendrix. Right. Um unless you're Guns N' Roses cuz not gonna, I'm, Okay, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I I just I danced to the edge. No, I danced to the edge. Knocking on Heaven's Door was written by Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan does it way better than Guns N' Roses. I I was just poking the bear i'm sorry proceed so you really think you'll do stairway to heaven oh son just sit down oh 
Do you remember in yes. 1985 yes. the Far Corporation yes. attempted that? I couldn't remember the name of the band. It was the Far Corporation. God, it was terrible. It was horrific. It was, it was so funny. They, I act- they even tried to do their own little deconstructed salad thing, and it was yeah, just it god awful. And it was such a cash-in because Zeppelin was at its... like. Five years after they had broken up, Zeppelin was at a commercial peak at that point. Yeah, this was like 1985. And it was just totally trying to cash in on something. It was just awful. You know, I actually bought the 45 of that because, you know, sometimes we had a friend of ours. It's okay to like crap as long as you can recognize it as crap. Yeah, yeah. I knew that that was crap. And I went, this is going to be so forgotten. And I bought the 45 just so that I would have it for the future to laugh at. I thought you were telling me, like the punk thing would be, I bought it just so I could smash it to pieces. No, no, I I bought it because I I thought it was hilarious. And I only played it like once or twice. And I I think I played it for people as like a, you want to hear something really lousy? And I put that on. And I never made it to the end. Why would you do that to people? Because sometimes, you know... Why would you do that? Anyone's terrible. Don't even. I folks, won't mention it folks, again. Don't don't look. Don't it up. even think about no. what we just talked about. Just please try to forget about it. It yep. is. It's. Oh, it's just anyway. We want to thank Lauren Derek Myers for making the weekly list possible. Oh wait, hang on. I did it again. My, what a delight. This has been Haiku Corner. Thank you, Imminent. Two weeks in a row, you've let me forget the outro. I know. And, you know, I I'm lousy. To, I even have. I I even have. It's noted. Oh, it's not noted on this script, but like <laughs> usually it says play outro. Dumbass. Anyway. <laughs> you know, this is, well, never mind. Okay, continue. <laughs> one of these days we're going to put this on live Facebook as we're recording right, one of these, right. and that's just not going to be good for us. It won't be good, but it will be amusing. If that's going to happen, I want like a director. I want someone to kind of... Uh, yeah. Know, I want, anyway. We want to thank Lauren Derek Myers for making the weekly, weekly list possible. Every By the way... Mm-hmm. Um, Today, as we're recording this, today is October 20th. Today's mm-hmm. Tom Petty's birthday, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's also Derek Meyer's birthday today. So happy oh, birthday, happy Derek. happy birthday. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I want to thank Lauren Derek for making the weekly list possible every week by sponsoring the show and for being, you know, great people. I have a whole paragraph here about COVID. Okay. Do we want to talk about COVID? Uh, you know I don't what? Want, I'm so I know. tired of talking about COVID. Okay. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to talk about COVID. First of all, you're going to have to, you really, really should. If you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated, okay? I mean, we can't can't warn you enough about this. Right now, Minnesota has got the seventh highest uh, number of new COVID stuff right now in the country. I heard that this morning. I heard, uh, yeah. It makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, it does. And so there's a simple way that we can do that is just go get the damn vaccination. Very simple. And then we you, we don't have to talk about this again. Now, imminent is going to do a lot of the things where, first of all, if you haven't been vaccinated for your own good, come in wearing a mask. This really... I, I, Even if you have I, been vaccinated, I, I you should be wearing a mask when we you come don't, in. We don't have time to go into yeah. this. But uh, about a month ago, I heard somebody say that this has become a culture war. And I'm very slowly starting to truly understand this. Like, there is, it, is, it is a cultural thing. 
the, the, the vaccine people versus anti-vaccine yeah. people. It's a whole like it's an entire belief system, and it uh, anyway. Yeah, I I understand that, but and it's being know. perpetrated by the I swear to God by the Chinese and the Russian oh, governments. <laughs> anyway, anyhow, now I sound like John Goodman from well, Big all all of the stuff about imminent. Uh, Laura and Derek are incredible people, and they're doing the right thing, and they care about the customers who come in, and not just as a financial source and customers coming in uh, to spend money. That's not, I believe, the real reason. They actually care about people. And imminent is Northfield's living room, as far as I'm concerned. And we're already moving into the winter season where things can't be outside as much. So it's going to be imperative that you vaccinate and that you're wearing the masks and doing all the things that we need to do. And as, as, as you and others have said here, ended the lesson. Right. Right. Okay. Now uh, I'm going to go off script here because there's something else I want. I've been meaning to talk about. I just don't know how to like actually write these words. So I'm just going to kind of riff on this a little bit. Um, If you come into imminent, you'll see some signs hanging on the wall. One is um, rules for dogs. Like, you know, you know, because your dog is welcome. Yeah. Totally, but there's some rules. And the other one is rules for humans. Oh. Right? Okay. And basically the, the rules for humans is treat others the way you would like to be treated, right? And sure. Um two things. This is sort of a getting out ahead of I, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the uh, the craft brewing industry, especially in Minnesota, um, there has been a lot of um um there's been a lot of problems with sexual harassment in mm. in, 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 in in our business. Not thankfully you know not at imminent but there's been but there's been a lot of so this actually became a a conversation that we were having all summer long we actually were having meetings talking about okay this is how it's all going to go this is what we expect this is how we expect things to go and it it got carried over to what do we expect from our customers sure you know and and there is a code of conduct there is one of the rules that we have put in place, please do not use pet names for uh, our bartenders, which is like, you know, don't, don't basically. Sweetie, know, cutie. Sweetie, honey pie, all, you yeah. know, yeah, darling, whatever. Um, and I actually, I, I was really nervous about this because there is not a person in the world that I have not referred to as either brother or sister. Right? Yeah. Right. And I, 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 I had this conversation with uh, Lauren Derrick and um, Katie Tower, who was the the tap room manager, mm-hmm. um, who was really a, a, a driving force behind this, I actually talked to a couple other people that were uh, a couple other women that were uh, really part of this whole thing. I am allowed to say brother and sister. Okay, all right, but anyway, uh, but but don't you know? Don't come in and talk about oh gosh, you're such a pretty bartender. Please don't do well, that. Well, so that means I because when I come in and I see you there, I'm like, hey, sweetie. Y'all got a purdy mouth there, Richard. Yeah, don't no. I can't no. do that anymore. <laughs> but I can do it in private with just you and I, right? Well, that's well, it's not what's... not in front of the kids, dear. Okay, okay, not in front of the kids. All right, but you know, it, it's good that you've got rules for yeah. people yeah, I... and rules for dogs. It's good that you don't get those mixed up, you know? Because actually, be... they're, they're they're very similar. Okay, because <laughs> wouldn't that okay? So on the humans ones, like make sure that you've got your human leashed. No, and, well, no, and, it, or is it, there it, stuff it, that no, says it, humans it, do not sniff st- other humans' butts? Dogs must know? be <laughs> dogs must be kept under control at all times. Okay. Humans must be kept under control at all times. You know, uh, no barking. Okay, you know, and I think for both of them, don't sniff each other's butts. 
others' butts. Don't do that. Yeah. Just, well, dogs are going to do it. Dog, well, dogs are going to dog. Yeah, so, well, you know, whatever. You know, and you're not going to stop that. Dogs are allowed to sniff each other's butts. Humans are, they? are not. Oh, absolutely. There. It's how that's how they recognize each other. Actually, yeah, I know well. it's weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that went sideways. Moving so on. I don't okay. know where that came from. So <laughs> just, there, there, there is no live music this week. It's kind of my fault. I thought I had something set up, and then it fell apart, and I didn't. I didn't take the time to figure out what was going on. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm well. sorry, folks. Uh, it's my. It's on me. Still, so, Dragon Squirrel IPA, Cannon River Pale Ale. Prairie Creek Porter, Quick in the Red IPA, Question Mark Hill Wheat, Oktoberfest, which we're going to run out of Oktoberfest this oh, weekend, I think. So before the end of October. Which is the way it should be. Yeah, Because you don't is. want Oktoberfest in November. Actually, I do, but that's because I really like the beer. Double Agent J, Double IPA, La Tropical Sour Ale, which is a key Ooh. lime guava thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, back just in time for Halloween... The zombie palm sour is back, which oh. is a cranberry uh, pomegranate sour. I seriously don't know how how these people at Imminent come up with that. The the brewmasters, some it, of these it, ideas it, are they're, just they're creative. They're creative, that's for sure. And what, what was the question one? A question mark kill wheat. Question mark. Every single time you mention that, though, I keep thinking question mark and the Mysterians. Uh, you know, <laughs> ninety six tiers. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, food trucks this week. Potter's pasties is tomorrow night. Brick oven buses on Saturday. Uh, Cafe Sean Pizza Day on Sunday. Hmm. Imminent Brewing is open 4 to 9 on Thursdays and 4 to 9 on Fridays, 2 to 9 on Saturdays, 2 to 7 on Sundays. As always, like Laura tells us, the staff, and everyone else, take good care of yourself and each other. Very, very nice. All right, so moving on. Okay, so the next song was one of the ones that I picked. (laughs) This is my least favorite song on this list. Okay. I love this song. It's uh, "Last Kiss" by you know, Pearl I Jam. Just, I just, who, who, who originally wrote this song? This was originally written, written by Wayne Cochran in 1961. Yeah, I just he did not have a hit with it. This doesn't. This song does not work for me. You want it? You want a good like teen tragedy song? Uh-huh. Give me "Tell Laura I Love Her." Okay. Right. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Know that. Ray Preston, I want to yeah. say, right? Shauna Na does a really good "Tell Laura I Love oh, Her" too. Okay. By the way. But well, th- this one, this song has never okay. worked for me. I've I've always liked this song. It actually became a hit for J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers. It hit number two. You know what kept it from number two, from number one? Blinded by the Light. <laughs> no. Uh, the Supremes with their second hit of all time, which was called Baby Love. And you oh. know that song. Yes, I do. Um, I love the Supremes. Cochran I, never I love, had a I hit. I love Detroit. I love and Michigan. At the same time, Pearl Jam, this is the biggest hit that Pearl Jam ever had, it hit number two on the hot Billboard possible? Hot 100. It's true. This is the biggest hit Pearl Jam ever this had. This is the biggest that hit is, that they ever had. That is a travesty because this is like the, my least favorite Pearl Jam right. song. Right. Uh, it was number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and in Scotland it was number 43. <laughs> Scott's no best. Okay. So anyhow, this, this was originally released in 1999. And it was originally put on their Pearl Jam used to have this fan association where they yep. where they put out these um, singles that were only for the fan clubs, and so this was recorded um, very cheaply by them, put on their 1998 Christmas single, and somebody started playing it on radio, and so it it got placed on a. a a benefit album that for survival tied to a chair dipped in honey and then set well it was all over the radio. this this song i hated pearl jam until i heard this song truly truly you know i, what? I know because uh, i'm so, done i'm and, well no talk. no i'm gonna say one other thing i think it's funny that the supremes blocked the original version 
um, by J. Frank Wilson from hitting number one. You know what kept this song from hitting number one on the Billboard Hot 100? What was number one was If You Had My Love by Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez prevented um, Pearl Jam from having a number one single. From 1999, <laughs> this is a song called uh, Last Kiss by a band called Pearl Jam, a 95.1 KYNN. Oh, uh, Rich, you're wrong. One. Feeling near as faded as my jeans 
Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained and rode us all the way into New Orleans. I pulled my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana. I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues. When she whopper slapping time, I was holding Bobby's hand in mine. We sang every song that Java knew. Another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing. I mean, nothing, honey, if it ain't free. Yeah, feeling good was easy, love, when he sang the blues. You know, feeling good was good enough for me. Good enough for me and my Bobby again.
From 1971, that was the posthumous hit from the great, the immortal, the goddess, <laughs> Janis Joplin, singing um, uh, Me and Bobby McGee, written by Chris Christopherson, whom she, uh, she dated for a little while. And uh, there was a lot of people that speculated that uh, me, Christopherson wrote Me and Bobby McGee about Janice. He, he yeah, didn't. no, he didn't. He didn't. Um, it, the original version was Roger Miller. Roger Miller. I've you know, still never heard Roger King Miller's of the Road. Version. Yeah, yeah. You know. I love Roger Miller. Uh, King of the Road will always, always, always remind me of my father. Okay. Not because he was a bum that was you know picking up old stogies <laughs> off the floor, but, but because he was a traveling salesman. He was the King of the Road. But... Uh, I've just never heard Roger Miller's version of of me and Bobby me and Bobby McGee. You know the um, well, the Chris Christopherson is a tremendous songwriter. Oh my um, god, and incredible! And some people are not going to think about him as a writer. They're going to think about him as a singer and an actor and all that kind of stuff. And I'm Which, like, you you got to be kidding me! You, you He's such a great think, songwriter. You cannot think of Chris Christopherson really even as a singer. <laughs> well, but. I mean, just anybody who's going to pen the words, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what yeah. an amazing yeah. lyric that is. Yeah, just as is. a concept, it I love is. that. Um, I quoted that in one of my, one of my poli-sci finals one time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, that's a great, great line. And yeah. Janis Joplin, this is a song to me that's all about regret and loss um, because she and Bobby McGee separate. And so, because they were transients, they, you know, they're just kind of wandering around. She has no way of even knowing where they went. Nope. You know, so she knows that she's never going to see him again. Um, and like, but you there's said, something beautiful about that well, about people coming together and 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 having a time, and then you know, whatever. I mean, because this is life. life that is, that is true. And I mean, we've all been there. We've all had those kinds of things. Um, th- this is the only good thing that I'm going to say about Facebook is that it helps join some people back together. You know, from that you've lost track of over time. So whether it's a high school friend or whatever. And so I, I, you know. What would have happened if if Chris Christopherson had written that song now? I mean, I don't know that it could have. But no, you can't. Yeah, um, but that version by uh, Janice that was off of her posthumously released yep. Pearl album. Yep. Um, the thing that was interesting is that it it charted in 1971. Yep. It hit number one, and it shares a. This is actually the second posthumously released song to ever hit number one. And you, I, I can tell you what the first one was. Okay. Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. That's right. Exactly right. Um, sitting on. Sitting on the Dock, Dock of the, of the Bay. Bay. Yeah. Um, which I think that he recorded that about a week before he died. It, and it was like co-written that? by man we were talking about last week, Steve Cropper. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting about me and Bobby McGee, I didn't realize that Jerry Lee Lewis hit number one on the country charts yeah. with his version of this the same year, 1971. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea about well, that. So. that. That's just, I, that's, I, that, I think that's weird, but whatever. It is. I don't. The know. thing is that, okay, there are 8 million other versions of me and Bobby mm-hmm. McGee, including Christopherson's, right? Janice's is so good that I just that oh, nothing else matters. Right, exactly. She it's, owns it, yeah, and it is better than any version that you're yeah. ever going to hear. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyhow, there's, right. where, there's where we're at. With we that. love you, Janice. We yes. miss you terribly, terribly. Even though you were, I was like one when you died. Moving on. Okay. Your favorite band. Another one. Another song from your favorite band. He's of course talking about the Grateful Dead, yep. which I do not. 
appreciate. Yeah. Is that a better, is that a kinder way to say? Okay. I don't have a full appreciation, so can I have some mushrooms? From so <laughs> l- l- let's talk about Lyle Lovett's version okay. of Friend of the Devil. Now, this is also from that same Grateful Dead tribute album, Dedicated, that Bertha came from. Okay. And it would, like, when when I first had the idea for this show, the impetus was this song. Okay. Like it was finding an excuse this, to this play. This and Manfred Mann's cover. Well, right? those, th- those two th- together. Th- we're choosing to do the song this week because okay. it's Manfred Mann's birthday. Okay. Right? Yeah. And th- that song was always going to be in the show too. But this one was like, oh. I, I have to find a way to get this song on the show. I should just do a show about covers that are better than the original. <laughs> um, this song, where do I start with this? Normally I would be... Um, I, I I would really like to avoid playing two songs from the same album, right? Right. I love. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna relitigate this with you. I love that <laughs> Los Lobos Bertha. I love it. I love yeah. it, and I love I love this even more. This is my favorite moment on the album, and I'll tell you why. Okay. On, on the show, I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Tell us why. Not only does Lyle find like kind of like Johnny Johnny Cash with her, he finds the essence of the song. Mm-hmm. There is a guitar solo in this song that is yeah. utterly yeah. sublime. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And and I you know what? I'm I'm ashamed to tell you that I was so busy today. I do not know who's playing this guitar solo. Oh, really? And and I'm 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 kind of embarrassed by that. I will come back and I will let you folks know at some other time because I'm going to find another reason to play this song. That's how much I love this song. <laughs> this is a great version, and I will I will say this because I, I this is true. Um, I think that "Friend of the Devil" is the best song that the Grateful Dead have ever composed. You're wrong about that. Okay, um, then I was it going back. Might be Bertha. <laughs> I was going to go back to my fallback position. I think it's interesting that. Two of the covers of your six choices yeah. are both Grateful Dead, and all yeah. that I'm going to say about that is, what does that say about the Grateful Dead? Oh. That the only song, that I mean, we didn't play really any Dylan songs other than you know. So how how well not yet? Well, how badly do the Grateful Dead suck that that the best songs that get played are by other people and not the Grateful Dead? From 1991. There's also a really good version of uh, this song by the Counting Crows, but Lyle Lovett does it better. And I, I, I have been listening to that Counting Crows version this week, and Lyle Lovett does this better. This is, in my mind, this is the best version you'll ever hear of Friend of the Devil. From 1991, the dedicated tribute album. This is Lyle Lovett with Friend of the Devil. 95.1 KYMN, the one. Pilot out from Reno, I was trailed by 20 hours. I didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. I said I'd run him, but I'd take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. If I get home before daylight, I just might get some sleep tonight. Ran into the devil and he loaned me twenty bills. I spent the night in Utah in a 
cave up in the hills I set out running but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine If I get home before daylight I just might get some sleep tonight I ran down to the levee But the, the devil called me there He took my twenty dollar bill and it vanished in the air I set out running but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine If I get home before daylight I just might get some sleep tonight I got two reasons why The second one is prison bait The sheriff's on my trail And if he catches up with me I'll spend my life in jail I got a wife in Chino And one in Cherokee The first one says she's got my child But it don't look like me Set out running, but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine If I get home before daylight I just might get some sleep Try no 
Did not know that was not an Otis Redding song. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a cover, man. You know, you know, you know. Okay, there, a song that's not on the show tonight, and sort of by design, uh-huh. uh, partially because it's one of the very first songs I ever played on the weekly list, uh, and I like to keep that a little sacred, actually. But um, Aretha's cover of um, uh, "Respect," okay, which was written by Otis Redding, right, was recently named by Rolling Stone the best song ever. That's right. That's yes. right. They yeah. did. Which you know, whatever. It, it, that's okay. That hey, man. That's like your opinion, man. But, right. Right. Yeah. But um, and I, you know, I like respect very much. But the thing is that that the um, Otis heard Aretha's version of "Try a Little Tenderness" and he just looked at whoever he was with and said, "I just lost my song. That girl done stole my song." <laughs> you know. That, and oh, it, for for respect, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and and he was right. He, he yeah, knew he it. was right. Um. I can't imagine anyone else doing Try a Little Tenderness. And I know no. it's been done a million times. There's a great scene in the movie Bull Durham where Tim Robbins is sitting mm-hmm. on the back of, of a bus trying to play that song. And he makes Kevin Costner so mad he smashes the guitar. Yeah, but, that's right. Or that's he does, right. No, he doesn't smash the guitar, but he grabs it. And he, yeah. Women don't get woolly, they get weary. 
yeah. meat. Well, here's a, here's a little bit of background on this, okay? Because uh, this was one of my picks. Yes. And the original version, do you know how far back this dates? Like 1932. Yes, it does. Because I a, went and looked it up. <laughs> you looked it up. That's unfair. <laughs> it was originally done by the Ray Noble Orchestra, and it was recorded at the very end. It was actually recorded. The original version was recorded on December 8th, 1932. Hmm. The writers were Jimmy Campbell, Reg, Reg Connolly and Harry M. Woods. Now, Otis's version is Booker T and the MGs. Right. You know, again, which, Steve Cropper. Exactly. Yes. I mean, Booker T. Booker T, man. Wow. I mean, you right. want to talk about some du- serious and, and, and chops. Ducks done on bass. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting, I mean, I started going back and going, I could not find the original Ray Noble orchestra version. I good. could not. That's good. Which is probably very good. Um, so I started listening to some of the other covers, and oh, there was man. a cover by Bing Crosby. Yeah. And when I looked at the original lyrics, Otis Redding cuts out the original. There's a there's a couple lines before the lyrics that he goes into. Should and weary? Really? Yeah. There's lyrics before that, and it it seemed very. I thought, um, as a feminist, I was kind of a little offended by some of right, that. Right. And so I'm glad that Otis cut that. Um, the thing that I was really surprised about, this is such a monumental recording, and it's such a good one um, and definitive that I was expecting this for sure hit number one. It only charted as high as number 25 in 1967. Well, you got you to gotta remember, man, um, Stax was very... I mean, soul music, if it wasn't Motown, it wasn't... Uh, it, you know what yeah, I mean? It I was, mean, Stax ugh. didn't have didn't have the marketing machine. No. that that Motown did. But I mean, this is the only version of this song that I really really know. Um, Three Dog Night did a cover of it. Yeah, I know which that. that uh, Three Dog Night is very like over the last forty years. <laughs> Three Dog Night is slowly. I th- there was a point where I didn't like Three Dog Night at all. They have grown on me over the years, but I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I don't want to hear Three Dog Night do try. I've no, heard Otis Redding do try a little tenor. Yeah, that's all done. I need. I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually read Chuck Negron's um, autobiography from Three, Three Dog Night. Yeah, he's wow, what a mess. Yeah, that guy was uh, all of and, them. Yeah. Anyhow, um, <laughs> there's another like uh, there something we didn't talk about tonight. Um, a lot of great songwriters have great interpreters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Birds for, oh, for Bob oh, Dylan. Oh, the Birds, yes. The, the, Bob Dylan had The Birds. Springsteen has Manford Man. Manford Man covered three, the, all off of uh, uh, the first Greetings from Asbury Park, but Manford Man covered Bruce Springsteen three different times. Three Dog Night was the great interpreter uh, for Randy Newman. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and I actually do like some of the Three Dogs Night, the Three Dog Nights stuff. Yeah, I, well, some of it's really good. And it actually, do you do you know the name of that band? Three Dog Night actually came from Scotland. No, because Three Dog Night is you know it would get really cold up in the Highlands, uh, and so the Three Dog Night, you know, so the 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 Highlanders would sleep with their dog, you know, so, for the oh warmth. And dog so night. a Three Dog Night is a ref- <laughs> is a Scottish reference to a really, really cold, cold night. night. That's really funny. So there you go, cool. a little offside there. That's we from the Scotland. Well, folks, that's going to just about do it for this here edition of the Weekly List. If you like the show, you can uh, find us by looking us up on our uh, program page on the KYMN website at kymnradio.net. You can podcast us by looking for the KYMN Radio Podcast. You can find us all across the spectrum spectrum now of... uh, of, of social media we are on facebook under the weekly list we are on twitter at the weekly list we are on instagram at 
the underscore weekly underscore list. And someday we're going to be on some other stuff. We're going to do Snapchat. We are? No, I don't know how to do okay. Snapchat. Well, do, I know, do, is Snapchat still a thing? I don't know that it is. I don't know. I mean, why would you do Snapchat if you've got Instagram? I mean, because Snapchat, could, well, it's only for there for a minute and then right. it's gone. I've always thought the Snapchat was like for, you know, like like cyber sex. It probably is. Probably is. We don't want to you know, go send, there. We're nudies. not going there. We're not going sending there. Nudies. But you only get a peek. You know, yeah, we're not going there. We're not going there. Okay, well, okay. We got anyway, the Instagrams. We've got the so we got the Facebooks. We're, we are we are across the board. And it, you, while you're on social media, go and find the KYMN Facebook page and the KYMN Twitter page and the KYMN Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Uh, go find the uh, the Imminent Brewing mm-hmm. Facebook page and the t- Imminent Brewing Instagram page as well. And uh, wow, this is like everywhere. I mean, is this internet thing going to stick around for a while? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem like a fad anymore. It's, it, it, it's feeling like it might be, it might have some staying power. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we're back to vinyl records, so I've been, That's true. You know. What is old is new again. Yeah. You know who's got some staying power? Who's got some staying power? Jimi Hendrix. Yes. James Marshall Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. You know. Recorded the greatest cover of all time. Yes. Hands down. I am going to tell the story off the top of my head. I'm not sure if all of it's true, but it's a good story. Okay. Jimi Hendrix, well, Bob Dylan recorded the album John Wesley Harding in 1969, mm-hmm. early 1969. Um Jimi Hendrix was working on um Electric Lady no, no, electric. Yeah, yeah. electric lady yeah. at the same time, which would have been would wound up being Hendrix's final studio album. Mm-hmm. Um, Hendrix finished John Wesley Harding first, and or actually, maybe I get that wrong because maybe I did John Wesley Harding come out in sixty eight or sixty nine. It doesn't really matter, but <laughs> he recorded it in sixty eight. I think it came out like January. No, no, because it came out after Electric Lady landed. Anyway. We really so are meandering come... our way through popular culture right now. We, <laughs> we are really the are. Weekly tangent. I, so my dates are, are are sketchy, but just work with me on this. Dylan recorded all along the Watchtower for an album called John Wesley Harding. Hendrix was working on an album called Electric Ladyland, and he heard Dylan's song all along the Watchtower, and he went, "Ooh, I want to record that." So he recorded it. And then he put his album out before John Wesley Harding came out. So this and this song, this version of the song, this cover was actually released before Dylan's original version came out. Okay. And by the time John Wesley Harding, the John Wesley Harding album had come out, Dylan admitted Hendrix already owned this song. <laughs> that, and it's the greatest cover I've ever heard. Yeah, it is. And there's a there's a couple things that I just want to note from a musical point of view. The Bob Dylan version consists of two chords yep hendrix's contains three okay there's three chords that that he's you know what else it has what the truth yes three chords and the truth yes and a red guitar yes well he played it on a strat and strats it was it was was you know know why it was red color why on fire oh god (laughs) oh wow anyhow the thing that i was gonna say about this um dylan admitted so much that Hendrix owns it that when Dylan started playing it, he plays the three-chord yeah, version yeah. that Hendrix did. The one thing that I'm going to say as a list, as a advice to anybody who's listening to this, if you're listening to this on the radio, please, please, please do yourself a favor 
and put on headphones and plug it into your radio unless, because you need unless, to hear this unless you're in your car unless you're driving unless you're in your car in, in, in which case you know go when you were safely ensconced somewhere where you're not moving go look this song up and put on headphones yes but you want to hear this on headphones because the guitar part where it kind of does this drop down yeah. it, you hear that and on headphones Hendrix has got the sound that it's literally circles around your head and there's dive bombs and just all kinds of sound effects and the way that he manipulates sound in this. And that guitar solo, this is one of the greatest guitar solos, how it implements into the song and reflects the fury of the lyrics that Dylan has. Is he using a little bit of wah-wah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's wah, 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 you know, and wah-wah has a, is that kind of wah-wah-wah yep. sound? That becomes very much a staple of 60s psychedelia. But at the same time, I can't imagine how this song could be recorded by Hendrix or anybody else without that heavy use of Wawa in this. Dylan did not tour uh, from 1968 until 1974. Mm -hmm. So he didn't play this song live uh, until Hendrix had been dead for three or four years. And when he did tour... Uh, the first time he went out, he went out with the band yeah. uh, as his backing band. And there's a great album called... Um, was that the Rolling Thunder? Or no, 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 no. The, the Rolling Thunder was 1975. This was okay. Uh, he went out with... Um, he went, there's a great live album called Before the Flood, Dylan and the Band. Mm -hmm. And they played this, and they're covering Hendrix when they oh, play Oh, of course, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, it's... it's, it's yeah. Anyway. Hendrix owns this, and man, I I didn't pick this one, um, I'm pleased that you did. I, I didn't pick Jimmy. Picked this. One. Well, yeah, this, but I this mean, this was I'm, the moral. This was the moral obligation. Yeah, to play this, and we've played this version of uh, all along the Watchtower on this show before, not that long ago. Oh, really? Yeah, we did. Okay, I don't remember. Yeah. I know I've played it before because I played it on my 1969 show a couple okay. years ago. So, so anyway, from 1969, the year I was born, Danny was much old. Danny was like nine. I would, uh, oh, come on, man. World's You're, oldest you teenager. You hit middle age before me, though. World's so. oldest teenager. I love you very much, Danny. I love you, <laughs> I Bob love you Dylan. Too. I love you, Jimi Hendrix. I love everybody. Here's all along the Watchtower. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman, there, drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. None will level on the mine. Nobody of it is worth Here I'm on.
this is not a fake. So let us start talking falsely now. The hour's getting late. This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Northfield. Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN Radio Podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety.